0: Can't stop me, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Dream Talk. I'm Brad.
1: And I'm Daniel. And listen, guys, I, could, I couldn't stop him. Brad went full-on dictator here. He's taken over the pod. He's he's forcing us to do another open episode.
0: It's not what I wrote. Stick to the script. <laughs> Stick to the script. I mean <laughs>
1: You said you in all fairness, you said this would be worth it, but you know, I don't know. I don't know. We're back to the 14
0: again. <laughs> A little little more enthusiasm, please. I wrote enthusiastically. Oh,
1: sorry. Welcome to Dram Talk, ladies and gentlemen. We are back with the Oban 14. A spectacular dram. I say with a gun to my head. I mean,
0: Again, this is not under direct to the script. No, you're, you're doing so well. So no, well. I mean, like,
1: at least we're enjoying it from your bottle, not from mine.
0: <laughs> yeah, I had to crack out the bottle. I guess we can just kind of go over it and see i guess how it stacks up compared to last time because i mean i've had this bottle for a long time yeah mainly for just like i guess you'd say i have an attachment issue with this bottle (laughs) i just just never want to see it go so i'm just slowly chipping away at it it's nearing it's the end of its life but making sure it hangs around for a little longer
1: yeah, so we're here just to have another look at the Open 14. And I guess we'll probably do this over a few episodes whenever it kind of seems appropriate. But we'll probably just review and refine our ratings for some of these. Um, I think we've realized that giving them just a single number from 1 to 10 doesn't really capture the <laughs> complexity and range that we would like it to. Especially when we look at it and we're like, oh, we also rated this one a 7. Giving this yep. one a 7 doesn't really kind of capture the relationship especially between the two so let's let's do it like give it points so like 7.5 7.6 so i think we'll come back through these and give them ratings with a point
0: yeah and i think i mean i guess if if you're gonna tell it's probably gonna be a bit more of a talk episode yeah we've done one pretty recently but here's another one Hope you enjoy it. Just shove it down your throat. Yep. <laughs> Here's another one. But yeah. Um, I mean, we're, stick- we're sticking to
1: the name of our pod. We are Dream Talk. Yes. Yeah. This is talk.
0: Yeah. And I think, or well, like, look, the real reason, I guess, anyway, that Open14's out again is I've had a lot of time for reflection. Yep. And I've just kind of thought maybe I was a bit too gung-ho. I was a bit too, you know, just... I let my affection cloud my, I guess, score of Open14, maybe. Right. Yep. So, I guess I wanted to give it a more appropriate rating.
1: Yeah, you d- you did chuck it right at the top with a 9 on your previous rating.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think maybe I guess I was thrown off by that all-time favorite. I mean, Oban is always going to be an all-time favorite for me. Yep. But I think now I can happily say it's it's a quite exceptional dream. Okay. That's still a favorite of mine. But is it so good that it's something that I could definitely say is an all-time favorite that I could take to anyone and they're going to enjoy it as much as I do. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about that. I know, look, um, when we had my cousin on the pod and he enjoyed Open 14 as well. Yeah. So there is some merit to that. But if I'm just thinking, I guess, how it stacks up in the overall scheme of things, the overall world of whiskey and just Daniel and I are continuously going and just trying so many different scotches and whiskeys that these scores are going to be a live thing. Like a living thing. They're going to continue to evolve and develop and change.
1: I think that's fair. I think... I've noticed it a few times, especially throughout our development of our palettes when it comes to these. But one that we absolutely loved and would have rated at the top has kind of fallen to the good or quite exceptional as we've really seen what else is actually on offer out there. As well as being able to pick out the, the complexity of flavors that are present throughout them. So, it's... I think, like, even if we do lower the ratings for some of them, don't take it as a criticism or a slight against the particular DRAMs. It's just us putting it into a better context as we expand our experiences.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. <coughs> just giving King and nose that open 14. Oh, it's so good. It, I-, I can see why I gave it a 9.
1: Yeah, it's it's really <laughs> good. It it is a pleasant nose. I would I would have liked it quite similar, like not not the same kind of nose, but the same kind of pleasantness that I got from like a Tobamori. Like that was just like so enjoyable to smell. Like they won't be exactly the same kind of notes because I would call Oban a bit more fruity, a bit more citrusy. Yeah, yeah, than definitely Tobamori, which was a lot sweeter. But I don't. It's still kind of that nice coastaly. Sent to it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know what it is about open. Like, it just, it has my heart. And I think it always will. Just like, I guess, how Lagavulin 16 has yours.
1: Yeah, similar situation there. I gave Larkville in 16 and 9. Would I revisit that? I don't have to make that point, <laughs> make that decision now because <laughs> yeah. you're, you're under the thumb here. <laughs> It's your turn to revisit one of your favourites. So Yeah, the spotlight's on me for the moment. It is. So.
0: Don't worry, it's coming for you. Don't worry, don't you <laughs> worry. But yeah, like, oh, man, first sip, it's just, oh, man, like every, I guess every nose, every sip. I just, um, it's one of those dreams that I'm just so content with Yeah. that I, like, I think I mentioned this in the open review. I don't know. It was so long ago now, which I mean, what, two, three months, like I'm saying as if that's so long ago, but <laughs> I can't remember. But like I mentioned before, just one I'm content with one. I could just come back to every day and one that I guess I can't imagine myself ever being disappointed with.
1: Okay. Yeah. I think that's fair. It is, I've got a bottle and I would say my bottle is, has a little bit more than your one does. I'd be sitting at between one third and a quarter left. I'd say you're sitting like at just under that quarter mark. So there are bottles that I think it's clear by the amount left in them, how much we have enjoyed them. Yeah,
0: definitely. And going to, I guess, like a quarter mark of a bottle, just Daniel, do we finish bottles? Do we keep them on the shelf? Drink it all or savor it. What's the go?
1: So, at the moment, I can't remember the last time I actually finished. No, okay. I do know the last bottle I finished, mm, and Ugedal. that was a Talisker 10.
0: Oh, no, Ugadal. Sorry. No. Ugadal, yeah. the, the first casualty of the pod. What that are you was knowing? the first casualty on? of
1: the pod. I, I was thinking more in terms of the collections I've had and what I've decided to just yeah. polish off there. And then mm-hmm. Ugadal was kind of a separate special moment. We chose to finish that because we were doing an episode on it. If yeah. we weren't doing that episode, it probably would have still been sitting there on my shelf.
0: Yeah. And I mean, look, um, I've not finished a bottle that I own yet. Wow. Yeah. It's you really... haven't experienced that loss. <laughs> yeah. I haven't, I haven't felt the loss yet. I'm dreading the day because I know that the Open 14 is probably going to be the first one to go. But I think like my issue has been that, I mean, I, I did, I guess, mooch off your collection for a while. Yeah. So, in a sense, I hadn't dived fully into that yet at that point. And I had a lot of those cheaper bottles. Okay, yeah. yeah. But then, as I started to purchase bottles, what I was purchasing was such better quality than those, that it was kind of... And as our palates developed and we continued to explore and go down this path of experiencing whiskey and scotch, it's just, do I really want to go back and drink that? Yeah.
1: That's a fair point. The other times i finished bottles have been before I really started... I'd call it a collection. It is a collection, but it's... It's yeah. not like a collection we're not opening. It's yeah, just, yeah. it's a collection that we've got there to try and pull from the shelf and in different tastings, in different podcasting episodes. But before we kind of reached that point, when I was just buying a bottle because I wanted to have a scotch, that was before we kind of really started to explore it. So my usual go-to bottles were either a Talisker 10, a Lagavulin 16, or I would say Glenmorangie 10 was the other one, but I can't remember the last time I bought that. It's been quite a few years since I've... Okay. bottle of Glen Marangi. but that was usually a Oh, I feel like there's a special occasion coming up, my 21st. I'm going to go and buy a bottle of scotch to have that night. And then ends up finishing it because I enjoy scotch and I keep drinking it. And then, so I have finished bottles previously, but as of last year, 2019, when I joined the Whiskey Club and started to build up a collection, the two bottles that I have opened and finished have been the Ugadal and a Ten. And I've wanted, I, I finished the Ten with the full intention of replacing that quite soon the next time it went on sale. It's come on sale and gone. Numerous times. times. Numerous times now. But there's always there's always been another bottle that has caught my eye, and it's not saying that I favor that over the Talisker 10. It's just a this is a new experience that I can get where I have already experienced a Talisker 10.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I think we mentioned this in another episode. It's just it do we buy be, a bottle again or do yeah, we, yeah? Or it's just like a treat. it would probably be a treat for you like your listeners to tag along with us to the to the whiskey store mm. because it's it's horrible like it really <laughs> is. Like Daniel and I are literally the living embodiment of that meme where the guys. With his girlfriend, and they're walking. Yep. And he's turning back and looking at the girl <laughs> at passing they. by. Mm-hmm. So, like, we're literally that because we've gone into the shop with the full intention of purchasing a certain bottle and then we walk out with something else. Yeah, It ha- happens consistently, <laughs> like, to the point now where it's a bit ridiculous.
1: Yeah. And I guess, like, it reaches its peak when we're kind of sitting there with four bottles in our yeah. arms and it's just, like, complete mental breakdown because you cannot make a decision and yeah. just end up, like, collapsing on the floor at Ann Murphy's and have to be asked to leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a bit much, honestly, because, yeah, like, uh, we mentioned it in another episode, in a pretty recent episode, I'm pretty sure, just we are a hundred percent impulse buyers yeah the most recent one that happened to me um walked in i was like all right full intention i'm going to buy a bottle of Lafroy 10 yeah to replace my bottle that's about to finish actually that's one that's really close to finishing as well might be the open 14 so i'm like i'm just gonna buy one so i have one ready to go Mm -hmm. to refill the shelf left with a bottle of mortlack 16 oh okay (laughs) yeah so it's like not even close at all like it's not right yeah it's just, yeah, it's just like, oh, I was like, all right, cool. for ten, and then it's just like, hey, this looks pretty cool. <laughs> and then just, eh, okay, well, yeah, guess we're doing that then.
1: The, the The time that happened to me was quite recently. It was actually before we did the episode with Aiden where we got him to try some of the whiskeys. I went into Dan Murphy's looking for a, um, just kind of one of those little 150, 200 mil bottles of maybe like a Jameson or like a blend that we could get him to try. And as... You do? Like, I wasn't just going to go to that front section where they've got all the little bottles. I went to the whiskey section and I left with the Ardbeg 10. Yeah. That was... I want to justify that by saying here in Australia, we've had a really reduced amount of Ardbeg coming
0: in. Probably be a bit of a shortage.
1: Yeah. yeah, like the, the shelves have run dry of Ardbeg for a couple of months and I think a shipment must have just come in because they were like fresh out of the box on the shelf. There would have been, I'm saying like judging from how far back it was, I think they had about eight, but there was only two left. So I just grabbed a bottle and I left and I was like, not what I came in for, probably can't afford this. But I'm I'm leaving with this anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember that day. Cause I remember you sent me a photo. And yeah. I was like, buy me one. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, why do I need you to buy me one as well? Because you're <laughs> buying one. I don't need one as well. You I know, you? so yeah, it's just one of those things. It's just, yeah, we just can't seem to make decisions when it comes to these things. We have an idea and it's no matter how many times you say it to yourself in the car on the way there. Yeah. Like, I'm going to get this. That's it. You walk out with something else. It happens all the time. It really does. But even on that, like,
1: say we buy bottles, I always buy them to try. Yeah. Yeah. We we don't, we're not building up a collection to save and make a profit off. I think Mm. that mainly comes down to the fact that because a lot of the bottles that we are looking at buying being like, (laughs) we can't drop a couple of hundred dollars on the kind of really expensive limited releases quite often. So we're just buying the kind of standard core range. They're not like, there's no point saving them up because they're just going to be always available. So we just buy them to open them.
0: Yeah. And I think like, even for us, like, I guess our perception of scotch and whiskey is it's made to be enjoyed. And we've mentioned it, I guess, countless times before, maybe not countless, but I'm sure we've mentioned it before that scotch and whiskey is one of those things that it's significantly more enjoyable when you're sharing it with someone.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I can say, like, I look forward to the nights that we sit down and have a dream. Yeah. Because it's just good conversation. And then you're just both experiencing the same thing. And you're bouncing ideas off each other. What's going on? What's happening in the glass? And it's just a good experience. Like, there's nothing else I can say about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's entirely why we have built up such a collection. Like, if I didn't, if we didn't have, like, if I didn't have someone to share that with, I don't think I would be buying as many as I am and enjoying it as much as I am, because there's just yeah something else about having someone there that you can like get feedback from when you're trying yeah. it. And I guess like, it's a mix of just a shared enjoyment as well as seeing how you develop your palate as you try different ones and you compare notes with each other. And I think one of the things that I've really enjoyed with our experiences is as we're starting to get to a point where we're reading the tasting notes and we are picking up Certain things in the tasting notes, but then as we're kind of like branching beyond that and starting to go like unguided into talking about what we're experiencing, like seeing how we're picking up different things at certain times is really interesting. Like there'd be something you're saying you're picking up, can't really get that, and something I like, sometimes I say it as well, and you yeah. you don't really get that as well. But that's just like interesting how different it can be for different people, and just how much it's enjoyable when you like you can't really have that if you're not having. If you don't have someone to share it with.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I mean, hope you guys are just pouring a dram as well, sharing it with us. That's what you're doing, right? You're listening to the pod. Always best
1: enjoyed with a dram in hand. Yeah, Yeah,
0: and you're just joining the chat. I mean, I'd say we don't purchase whiskey to make a profit or go to auction or anything like that and wait for bottles to appreciate. So I'm sure there's enjoyment in that. If you're the type of collector, but for us, the experience, the enjoyment, all comes from drinking it, sharing it with each other. Yeah,
1: like if if you're the kind of person who does like to buy and build a collection good for you if you have that if you have the resources to be able to do that like knock yourself out we can't tell you what to do with your money and your whiskey but we just do enjoy drinking it together i do have a couple of bottles at home that are unopened and they're not because i'm going to keep them unopened they're just because either we haven't got around to opening them yet or we're waiting for a particular moment to open them
0: yeah, even a couple of them, they're a bit of a dilemma at the moment. Like, what, what are the two you have? Are the Lagavulin Distillers? The Lagavulin Distillers edition,
1: yeah. which was... I think it was...
0: Yours was the 2017, wasn't it? 2017,
1: yeah. yeah. So, it was one that was released... Sorry, yeah, 2017. So, I got that last year. And it was one of those things where I, when I bought it, I was like, I'll open this on a special occasion. And I was like, just finishing uni. I'm like, okay... I'll open this when I get a job in my field. And I'm still kind of in that part-time job. Haven't got that job in my field yet. But I'm like, no, I told myself that's when I'd open it. So, that's when I'm opening it.
0: Yeah. Or, you know, guys, just get us 2,000 listens, 2,000 listens, and that bottle might open. You never know. (laughs) Whatever can persuade (laughs) it. (laughs) Um, so you heard that folks share the pod but (laughs) but, um, then the other one you had was the Archie Rose one which is just really recent yeah so Uh, that
1: was their Archie Rose first release of their single malt so Archie Rose for our international listeners is an Australian um, distillery they're located here in Sydney and it's their very first single malt that they've released and they did like a pre-release where they had a certain amount of bottles that went out 3,000 to be exact and so the bottle that I got was bottle, like 2000 and something out of 3000. So I was like, I want to open this because I want to try it, but it's part of their first batch and it's bottled and numbered. And I'm like, should I save this? I don't know what for, but part of me wants to save it. That part is also reinforced by the fact that apparently it's now available in the bottle shop. So I can just go down and buy an unnumbered bottle, like a standard range. So I'm like, I don't know what to do.
0: Yeah, I think we'll have to see. Maybe that'll be the one when we hit like a thousand or two thousand listens. We'll
1: celebrate a listen with it because I'm like, I I don't have an interest in making a profit out of that. I don't think yeah. it's going to be. It's nothing that's going to be worth enough to not to sell it and not try it.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, like, that's
1: the thing. Like, you don't want to miss out on the experience of trying it.
0: Yeah, exactly. But I mean, you know, Archie Rose. If the gin's anything to go by, it's going to be bloody good. I, yeah,
1: heard good things about it. So I'm just. It just makes me every time I see a post, every time I hear a review, yeah. I'm like. I've got that at home. I've got to get into that.
0: <laughs> yeah, their gin is bloody good, man. This, 14 fourteen's kind of sweet now. I don't know. It's a bit sweet for me. Yeah, like- but there's still a bit of tang to it. So that's a, maybe that orange zest.
1: Mm. Starting off, it was a bit more spiced. Yeah.
0: I would say the Definitely. spice is pretty much gone now. We haven't added, we haven't added any water. We've just kind of just been sitting with it, letting it just do its thing in the glass while yeah. we're talking. So.
1: Yeah, we've we've done a review of this before. We've kind of gone through our tasting notes, our nose, and our experience with adding the water don't think that's necessary now. We're just here to enjoy it.
0: <laughs> yeah. And um, before we go into the news, I guess I mentioned before that I was going to change my ratings, right? Ah, yes. And I actually haven't even said that. <laughs> well, look, um, Open 14, all right? So you were a nine. <laughs> I'll always love you. But the new updated rating for the Open 14 is an 8.4. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it was, it's just a tad under Lagervillen 16. Okay. Lagavulin 16 is 8.5. I'm giving it that point 0.1 under just because I'm just going back to initial experiences with and 16. And I guess that initial experience was a bit more impactful. Yeah. A lot more memorable. But doesn't change the fact that I still prefer Open 14 to and 16. Okay. Even though I think I'm, that's fair. Even though I'm rating and 16 just that point 0.1 higher, I still prefer Open 14 because it's just, yeah. I just love open.
1: Yeah, I think my reviewed rating for that would go from an 8 down to a 7.7. 7.
0: Wow, for open. Wow, okay, all right. Well, I thought we were just doing mine, but why are you going to do me like that? <laughs> all, right.
1: all right. Only because one of our recent episodes, we did a Talisker. I rated the Talisker Storm a 7.8. I think.
0: You're not gonna say Taliska Storm is better than this. I'm you're say. you're joking. I'm gonna right, say right.
1: I enjoy Talisca Storm more than Open 14. Okay, all right, get out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, oh man, that's contentious. <laughs> that is contentious. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Let's move on. Keep moving. All right. Okay, back to the whiskey news, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Daniel, what do we have for the news today? So
1: I guess kicking it off would be one of the most recent things at the time of recording... 7.7.
0: 7. Get the fuck... You no, it's right, whiskey news. Whiskey news. Sorry. <laughs> I only
1: dropped it down by 0. 0.3 <laughs> of a percent. It's all right. It's all right.
0: It's all right. Just whiskey news.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, the Macallan has announced the oldest whiskey release ever. What well, they've called the Red Collection. So, it's a series of six bottles, and they are <laughs> super old. Like... Starting off, the youngest of this collection is 40 years.
0: That's not good. The youngest is 40. Well, where are we going?
1: The youngest is 40. Then it goes to 50. Just straight 10-year jump. Then another 10-year jump up to 60.
0: And then they go an 11-year
1: jump. They go to 71.
0: Jesus. And then
1: followed by 74. Oh, it keeps going. 78.
0: Oh, God. It keeps going even higher than that. Oh, man.
1: So, 78. That is, as far as I've been able to find out, the oldest whiskey that has ever been released to the market.
0: Jesus. I'm just They don't have any price guides for that, do they?
1: No. So, what what I've been able to tell is there's only going to be a select amount of the collection going out.
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, Oh yeah. It's not
1: like they've got like hundreds of those bottles yeah, lying like, around. Oh, man. So, one of those collections is actually going to be So, they're going to be auctioned off at Sotheby's in London, and it's estimated to fetch between Two hundred to eight hundred thousand pound.
0: Oh man, just so you- out of my budget. <laughs> <laughs> this close to being yeah. able to get it. <laughs> that close, that close.
1: So we're looking at anyway, for an Australian. That's going to be between four hundred thousand to one point six million.
0: <laughs> okay, now that's out of my budget. <laughs> yeah, it was in my budget but- like that. When you put it like that,
1: it's out of our budget. <laughs> it
0: was. It was like just out before, and then when you converted it. It's well out.
1: It's like, okay, now I can definitely just discount that from my, (laughs) and I'm pretty sure one of those, one of the collections is going to be going to um, Master of Malt.
0: Okay. Like to sell.
1: To sell. Yeah. They're going to, it's going to be up for sale there. I don't know if there are going to be any others that are released to other distributors. I imagine they would be, but
0: yes. I mean, what did you say? The oldest one was 76? 78. 78. Like, how many bottles do you think they got out of that cask?
1: It is, it is hard. Like, I don't even know what's left after the evaporation process at that age. Man. I want to say you're you getting very,
0: like, maybe a handful of bottles. <laughs> like, what's what would even, what would the ABV be on that even? I doubt it'd even be over
1: 50%. So, it looks like it's sitting at 42.2.
0: Jeez, 42.2. Man, that's even lower than 43%. Lower than Which this fine the- open 14, right here. <laughs>
1: Honestly, I would not put it past you to rate Open 14 <laughs> higher than the Macallan 78.
0: <laughs> well, it's not getting a 7.7, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That 42.2, Jesus Christ.
1: I mean, like, that's 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 just... I guess that's a part of it being... That's part of the process, It makes me right? wonder, like, would they have aged that up to 80 had it not been for the fear that it would drop down below
0: 40%? That could be something there, right?
1: Because, like, for the, anyone that doesn't know, like scotch can't be sold at less than 40 percent so if their casks start dropping down they start to panic because it's like shit we may have a 78 year old whiskey that you now have to like mix it with one of your other younger single malts to yeah. reach that, and then you can't label it as seventy-eight because yeah, because
0: you'd have to label it as whatever the youngest one. Yeah, is in
1: there. or it makes me even wonder, like, what if they've got older spirit older in spirits them. in there that they've were had below to below they they've had to cut
0: into the seventy-eight.
1: So seventy-eight was the youngest one they cut into that. Like that's crazy. And I just wonder as well. Like, could you imagine being the like? I I don't don't know if any of the people who casked. These spirits are still alive today. Like, you imagine they would be about, what, 20 when they were working there. Mm, yeah. That'd make them, like, 98 now. If yeah. anyone there is still alive, you'd think, like, would they like to try it? Would the would Macallan let them
0: try a little bit? Oh, you'd hope so.
1: Yeah, you would hope so. But I'm like, could you imagine hearing that something you bottled, you casked 78 years ago is going to be selling for over a million Australian dollars?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. And I mean, just going off this whole old whiskey, these current, I guess, unimaginable age statements. Mm. Right. I don't know if it's just because we're so, we're a lot more ear to the ground now with the actual water whiskey than we were before. Because I think before we were a lot more focused on just developing our palates and experiencing as much of scotch and whiskey as possible. Whereas now we're a bit more, like I said, ear to the ground. We're actually paying attention to news and the goings-ons.
1: So we start hearing a lot more about older whiskies that are being released. Like only a couple of weeks ago, Tobermory announced they're going to be releasing a 23-year-old.
0: I don't know. Is, is this maybe just like a current, I guess, trend that's happening in the industry where distilleries are maybe trying to capitalize on that market that seems to be growing and continually expanding, I guess, that market of collectors.
1: Yeah. And again, this is where you say, like, it's just because we're now delving into the world that we're a lot more aware of it. I think it's a combination of that as well as, I guess, the time we're in where you've both got people who... All around the world who have instant, immediate access to news and information. So...
0: Yeah, that's so true. You
1: can spread the word of your 20, 30, 40, 50-year-old whiskey to everyone almost instantaneously.
0: Yeah, because I think I, I'm pretty sure I messaged you the day, the um the day Tobamori announced. Even Tabamori oh, Tobermory, yeah, yeah. Even announced at 23, because I saw the post on Instagram, like, straight away.
1: And, like, within that, like, people have a wider... People have wider access to the community. You can get on listen to podcasts you can get on forums like reddit you can watch videos on youtube and majority of these people have either a fan base or a community or a platform where they allow a community to interact so not only do you have people exchanging ideas so you're getting a lot more people willing to be open to trying new whiskies than they would be before like when i know like even talking to my parents my grandparents like they all usually had A single bottle. A single brand they favoured and chose. Yeah. And so they just stuck to that one drink. It's like, but now, like, everyone's trying a lot of different things. So, I think we're almost reaching, like, a golden age for distilleries. Because, like, even just going to our local bottle shop, I'm just comparing it to what I remember, even from a few years ago, even from when I turned 18. The selection wasn't that big, but now they're huge. They've got entire walls dedicated to whiskey and... We've almost watched it in real real time as well develop as we've started to get access to a lot more Japanese whiskey, even to a lot more Australian whiskey. Like a lot more of distilleries have cropped up in Australia and their bottles are now coming onto the shelves. Archie Rose is a case in point, which only came out a couple of weeks ago. So you've got distilleries having a lot more variety out there within their coal range, as well as a lot more different expressions. So when you've got people who are a fan of your whiskey, you can get them buying special releases or different unique experimental expressions, whether that be petered, whether that be different casks, whether that be different age statements or even different ABVs.
0: Like I just mentioned, we're we're kind of watching that happen in real time where even scotch and whiskey is becoming more and more ingrained into popular culture as well. Mm -hmm. It's just becoming almost present in today's media, like it's just constantly there. Like when you're watching a show.
1: Yeah. And this could be another thing where it could like, uh, I don't want to like over-exaggerate how like the actual situation could, it could just be, I don't know what you'd call it. Confirmation bias. Like yeah, I'd like... say confirmation bias. Like we, we are so much more aware of the different brands, the different whiskeys that when we actually see about it or hear about it, it sticks in our mind a lot more. So yeah. like, it could be that we overemphasize that, But at the same time, just seeing how large communities are and watching communities grow and starting up even our own podcasts and just watching our listeners grow as well as people contacting us. It's like, well, okay, so this is something that there are people out there. There are people looking for avenues of exploration and experience and people to share that with that I think distilleries are able to capitalize on. There's a market there that they didn't have 20, 30 years ago. And so, you'd see a lot of distilleries that are able to now release older age statements to a newly captive audience and some of them who are, I don't know, like maybe be able to afford it. I know we can't afford some of these ones. So, I can only imagine people out there are able to afford it.
0: It's a good time to be a lover of scotching whiskey. And I guess, yeah, just going back to um, Daniel's point there, I guess like our grandparents days where you had that bottle that you'd stick to or that distillery that you knew and loved. And that's yeah. kind of all you did. You stuck to what you knew and you wouldn't go out and explore and try different things.
1: But also you might not have had the freedom to...
0: Yeah, you may not have had the di- distribution even. Yeah. Like, they might, it might not have been readily available for you to purchase. So that's what was available at the time. That's what you knew and that's what you got. Mm-hmm. So Daniel, two distilleries for the rest of your life.
1: Like if I had to... If I could only drink from two distilleries,
0: yeah, you can only drink scotch from two distilleries for the rest of your life. I mean, you go out to a pub, look at the menu; those two dist- distilleries that you chose aren't there. You're drinking something else tonight, buddy.
1: <sighs> okay, my first one, I'm gonna say Lagavulin.
0: Okay, yeah. Just... I'm
1: like, it needs to be a peated. Could have one. picked that, yeah. And I think I just. Just enjoy it so much. Like, it is, I think, really kind of underlined that point in our Lagavulin episode when we reviewed that. And it's like, it's just home. It's just comfort. It's enjoyable. It's peated. And for my second distillery, it's not going to be a peated one. It's also not going to be Talisker.
0: Okay, I I thought you were going to say Talisker and I was thinking, like, come on, spice it up. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I'm going to change it. I'm going to add... I'm going to say for my second one, it'll be the Glen Alecky.
0: Okay. Yeah. That, that's pretty good.
1: I've, I like maybe a little bit premature saying that I've only ever tried their <laughs> the 15. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what the others are like.
0: Hey, I mean, if they're not good, at least, you know, you can just drink the 15. Just drink the 15. I'd be happy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly.
1: No, but I've just, the 15 is just so good. They're, yeah. they're by far my favorite Side distillery. And I've just heard really good things about the 12 as well. And I can only imagine their cask strength 10 and their 18 are equally as good, if not better. So, I'm happy with that. What about you?
0: All right. For me, like, I mean, it's pretty obvious. Oban? No. No
1: freaking (laughs) way. You're pulling my leg, aren't you? It isn't really. I I could drink Oban 14 for the rest
0: of my life and I'd be happy. Mm -hmm. Then... My second one is actually just going to be Lagavulin. Okay. Because out of all the whiskeys from Isla that I've tried, there's just something about Lagavulin 16.
1: There is, yeah. Because even when I was thinking about it, I was like, I contemplated Ardbeg just yeah, for the same. variety of expressions same. they had. But I was like, but still, they just cannot beat. i say it can't beat. It's just like it can't compete with the same kind of experience. That Lagavulin 16 gives.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Lagavulin 16 yeah. kind of just like warms my heart. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's like, if I want to drink something for the rest of my life, that's what I'm going to drink, right? Yeah. I want to drink two things that make me happy every time I drink them, right? <laughs> Open 14, Lagavulin 16. That's fair. They make me happy every time I drink them. And if even if I go into the other bottles of Lagavulin's range, Lagavulin mm-hmm. 8, I really, I enjoyed that as well. Yeah. We didn't give it such a high rating, but you know, it was still great. I still enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Lagavulin 12, the special uh, 2019 yeah. edition, right? I really enjoy that. That's incredible. So it's just... It's just something I know. Like, Lagavulin isn't going to disappoint me. And then, like, for Oban, you know, h 14 I love it to death. Mm-hmm. I still haven't got my hands on a little bay.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: But we've done one better, folks. <laughs> the real mean? reason for this episode, Daniel... Look what I got to the table, open oh, twenty one. Oh my god,
1: that's an empty box, isn't it? It's not really there.
0: You, you it's, did not. It's really there. Open twenty one for me. <laughs> I'm
1: so I'm gonna mean, pack this in my bag.
0: <laughs> so I mean, I guess just uh, peeling the curtain back again, like as we so often do on the pod, we try to give you guys a bit of our lives and whatnot, what's going on for us. Um, just the week passed by. Um, mm-hmm. was the week I was supposed to get married. So, unfortunately, COVID and all that happened, we've postponed to next year. Okay. But my partner and I, we still decided to get each other gifts, and she got me a bottle of the Open 21. She's the best, isn't she, right? Yeah, but... Oh, man. And look, I know what you guys are thinking. Like, did you guys seriously just start a podcast just so you could tell your significant others what you want? I mean, it kind of looks like it, but I promise you that's not the reason we started the (laughs) podcast. But... It's another yeah.
1: benefit, just not the reason.
0: <laughs> but oh man. I um I had a dream of this in the mm-hmm. hotel room on the day. She yep. gave me the bottle. I can tell you I've been looking forward to the moment I get to pour another dream of it. Like I've almost been counting down the seconds till I get to open this again and have another dream of it.
1: Let's get into it.
0: Yeah, and I mean like just before even before even we get into it. I'm okay. going <laughs> to leave daniel just hanging hanging there for a little bit so open 21 i had always kind of thought that open 21 was part of the core range okay but i just got confused with the 18 and the 21 i thought i thought it was kind of interchangeable i don't know Mm. i don't know what was going on with me but just going back to one of our earlier episodes where i mentioned this was on my wish list for a special occasion
1: yeah so special occasion came you got it
0: (laughs) yeah so it's like oh man it's, it's just Got me so excited that I actually have this bottle. But yeah, it was part of uh, Diageo's special releases for 2018. Yeah. So, oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. I mean, other bottles from there. Castbridge 48-year-old. Uh, Pity Vake, 28-year-old, which does feature in the 2019 special release as well. So Yeah, they've got their 29-year-old. Yeah, 29. Then they had the Singleton Glenord, 14-year-old. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Inchgoer, 27-year-old. The Kalila, 15-year-old. Unpeated, should I mention. Ah, interesting.
1: I'd be really keen to find out what an unpeated left tastes like.
0: Yeah, then, of course, the Urban 21. Then the Talisker 8-year-old, which is coming out in the 2020 release, but that's in a rum cask. Mm. So, so keen for that I'm <laughs> so, I am so keen for that. But the Talisker 8, which funnily enough, is what Talisker was originally aged at. Oh, okay, so right, their so standard
1: kind of, release was an eight-year-old. Yes, yeah,
0: so it's kind of just paying homage to that. In a way, then they got the Lagavulin 12, mm-hmm. as always. Kalila, 35-year-old. Goddamn. This Kalila, 35-year-old, I saw that recently at the shops at um, Water Whiskey. Yep. And I mean, I can tell you guys, it's as beautiful in-person as it is on screen. Then there was one more bottle. I'm just not, can't remember what it was. I guess even going back to this, looking back at this Open 21 here, As you'd expect at this price point. Packaging a whole other level compared to the 14 You got... It's a nice box instead of the cylinder. You no longer have a seagull. You have a bloody eagle on the box.
1: And they've actually been able to... (laughs) For you, instead of having the seagulls just sitting around, they've actually paid the eagles to fly. Yeah. (laughs) They got them doing something on the box. Yeah. (laughs) So, you're um, getting your money's worth. Yeah.
0: They, they, They didn't just tell them... Stand there. Yeah. They said, you know, strike a pose. Get up in the air. Strike a pose for us. You got wings? Use them. And what makes it even more special, even more enjoyable for us here on the pod, natural cask strength, Ooh. unchill filtered.
1: What, what's the ABV? Natural colored. Integrity bottling. Yeah. Integrity
0: bottling. And the ABV, ladies and gentlemen, 57.9%.
1: Goddamn! Yeah. In for a treat tonight.
0: Yeah, a far cry from the Open fourteen at forty three percent, chill filtered, um, not natural colored. So, and and we saw how much Brad loves the fourteen. Yeah, I <laughs> can mean... only imagine. Wow, he's
1: how he's gonna take to this one.
0: All right, folks.
1: It's like the Ark of the Covenant. I don't want to look directly at it.
0: Immediately on the nose, it's it's what you'd want Open fourteen to be. Yeah, it's it
1: smells like it smells like oven it's got like oven essence to it
0: and the thing is it's even sweeter even zestier a lot more coastal it's a like lot more ev- fresh
1: every note you'd pick up in the 14 is just amplified and refined it just smells like it's it's quality
0: but at the same time even behind all of that you can kind of see there's a little bit of a spicy bite to it as well yeah, Oh, man, it's
1: um. But even that, like, even on the nose, I don't it just, like. You can always smell. It's gonna be smooth. It's gonna go down easy because it's not. You're not getting like that massive high percentage alcohol here.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the nose almost reminds me of that same, I guess, sensation, that same feeling we got with the Glen Grant 15, which was at I think 50 percent, 51 percent. Yeah, where the nose was deceptively smooth. Yeah, and it's almost yeah. like that
1: here. So like, as you 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 already you already ticked it off. You've got like slight saltiness, orangey zest, very coastal. It's also very um, I don't. know, It just smells very fresh, like like the outdoors.
0: You could almost just sit here and continuously just nose it.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> I i have not even got onto the ball. I'm just I'm just really happy to nose this one.
0: Yeah, and what I found as well with the Open Twenty One here was it evolves in the glass. Right, right. Like that dram that I had the first night I um, received it, what I found was that the way it continuously just changed in the glass was so pleasing.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of layers to this one on the nose. I want to say even like a slight pepperiness. I like think very slight.
0: I think we just need to stop nosing this because I feel like we could just nose it forever. And yeah. I think... Even when you just look at it in the glass, you can just tell, you know, it's none of this. There's none of this caramel coloring in that. No, no, it's, it's all natural, baby. Oh goddamn! <laughs> I told you this was something else. Wow, there's so much going on, right? Yeah. <laughs> Initially, what I got was like even before I, yep, you start. Yeah. Sorry. There, yeah. What I love about this is, it's sweet, it's spicy, it's zesty, it's briny mm-hmm. all at the same time and not only that it completely coats your palate and the finish is with you for a long time oh my god <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's um this is a this is a very special dream.
1: Mm. okay so first thing i got was like a like a guava or a blood orange or yep. like one of those kind of yeah i can say that super yep. citrusy fruits and like yeah undoubtedly sea salts brininess to it the sweetness i'm trying to place and then i think it's it's still got that those spices like that pepper and even probably more of a baking spice right yeah cinnamon baking spice
0: and i think what i enjoyed so much about that first dram is how i mentioned it completely coats the palate, but it doesn't do so in an oily fashion yeah no it's a dry coat Mm -hmm. so then you can really experience that spice a lot more
1: It spreads out and seeps in. It doesn't, like, sit on top. There's, like, a... I don't know how to define it in a flavour, but there's, like, a nice little crackle, tingle, spark... Spark that kind of, like, floats over the tongue that... I don't know what I'd attribute to that. Is it citrus? Is it pepper? Is it salt? Like, maybe all of the above.
0: It's delightfully complex. Because you could just sit here and continually unpack it, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, there's so much to this that I don't think we're going to be able to do it in one episode. We might need to do multiple. We <laughs> <laughs> might need to do multiple. It's
0: that good. It's it's very good.
1: God, I love the finish on this.
0: Yeah, right? I told you, like, get ready. This is something else. <laughs> like, oh, man. And well, like, just what I loved as well. Like, I just keep saying what I love, right? But mm-hmm. the palette is, it's big. It's huge. Yeah. There's a lot to it. A lot to unpack. It's just, oh, I feel like I'm saying the same things, but. No, but like it is, right?
1: it is undoubtedly big, but it's not overwhelming. You're not like smacked around by it. You're no, just like, there's a lot to this. I don't know. It's just nice and intricately layered. It's not laid in the sense that like I get this, then I get this, then I get this. They're kinda like interwoven throughout each other. So you're kind of hitting one, hitting the other, you come back to this one, then you're getting that blood orange guaveriness to it, but then the saltiness comes in, but then you've got like the spice, but then you come back to the saltiness. Oh, but then that blood orange and the orange zest and that citrusy note. It's just like still there.
0: The sweetness that's playing out here on the palette, it's so reminiscent of a space
1: Yeah. Hmm. Even that like small sip I just took, there was, there was another flavor there. I don't know what it is, but there was another flavor there. The reaction that my mouth is doing kind of at the finish afterwards, it's just, it's kind of both like a mouthwatering one where it's like, get more, like, give me more. But then it's also like a very, I don't know, you said it's like, it's not oily, but it's also like, it's weird to say it because coming off when you said it was a very dry finish, like I agree with that. Also very juicy though. And it's yeah. strange, but simultaneously very juicy too. But like in that sense of still that citrus fruit juicy.
0: Yeah. That's probably say where that, I guess that kind of juicy characteristics probably coming from where you're picking up a very citrusy fruit there in that blood orange. I told you, right?
1: Mm. It's good. I'm like, I'm, I'm I'm picking up that nuttiness now that the more of the space sidey almost hi- Yeah. The Highlandy as well mm. characteristics that are coming through kind of underneath now that kind of gone through all of the really overpowering notes you are now picking up a lot of the underlying ones like that's crazy
0: yeah and even just like i said before how it just changes in the glass like every sip you take you're you're finding something else
1: yeah and still in the nose still still that really fresh open green note
0: it's almost like a green salad okay yeah and if it's like
1: hang on combine that with combine that with pepper, yeah, and you're almost looking at like rocket. Yep, and then you've got like a sweetness that I'm, try- I'm trying to think how to equate that. Like it's not it's not the vinegariness of like a balsamic vinegar. That if you have poor like balsamic vinegar over a rocket salad, where you've kind of got yeah. like that really sweet glazy syrupiness to it. But it's but it's a bit more floral than it is vinegar. So I don't know if balsamic vinegar is the right word to use. Maybe it's just maybe you just cut up. Orange or guava, and you have put it in the salad.
0: I mean, just thinking of the ABV as well. Deceptively smooth, right? It is. It's just... Oh, man. It gets you. Because you... When you have a sip of this, you probably would have think it was 57.9. I was going
1: to say, if you didn't tell me it was 57.9, I wouldn't have placed it that high. At the age it is, you'd expect it to be... At the age and price point, you'd expect it to be a reasonably high ABV. Although we know, like even just looking at the 78, as they get older, the ABV does tend to drop. So I think this is a, a really decent ABV for the age.
0: Yeah. Oh man. I just, um, like I mentioned, I was just looking forward to today so much because I just couldn't wait to crack this open again because that first dream I had was so good that I knew that this probably wouldn't be something I wanted to experience a second time alone. Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of like a thing. It's like it was an experience that had to be shared. I oh, mean and I, I still got like a little bit of a decent amount in the glass. I really, it's like I'm just like, oh, I'm just kind of seeing how further I can go until I add the water. Add the water.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think the, the benefit about having cask strength bottles is adding the water. Used to looking at a stronger whiskey than most.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I find even as well, like in cask strength, adding that water. Opens up a lot more as well. Yeah. I'm finding as well that this warms you almost in the way an Isla warms you, right?
1: Yeah. As With- you said that I like I felt it spreading through my chest and I was like, mmm.
0: It warms you in that same way without that underlying smoky note that you kind of find in Open 14. Yeah. That's like it's way off in the background. But it's still present in Open 14. But it's it's not really present in this one. And yet, it warms you in that same way.
1: Yeah. And one, one of the things, so just separate to that, but I've got a beard and I just licked, like, the little bit that was sitting on my moustache. And it wasn't so much the taste, but more of the physical sensation that you get when like a bit of salt touches the end of your tongue like it's not, the, not necessarily the salty taste that i got but kind of that tingle that you get picking up more of the spices now on the nose
0: yeah i'd say the oaky characteristic of the cask is coming out a lot more now
1: yeah and so it's simultaneously getting both a different version of the islands and the coast, as well as a different version of the space No, not side, as well as a different version of the Highlands. Yeah. So, the floral notes are coming across a little bit more, as opposed to the really green, fresh notes. Mm. And I guess that peppery notes, a little bit stronger.
0: I'm almost thinking as well, do I add another teaspoon of water? I
1: don't know. <laughs> just to fill it out so you have
0: a little bit more <laughs> yeah, just, volume in the glass. Just give <laughs> me a bit more in there. The way it evolves in the glass is so intriguing. Yeah.
1: And one of the things with this is like, because it was so smooth initially, you don't know whether you've added enough water because it's still going to be as smooth. So you're like, how much have I diluted it by? I don't know. Cause it's still really smooth. It's so weird that I'm enjoying the nose almost as much as I'm enjoying the palate.
0: Yeah. It's crazy. Cause there's just so much complexity in the nose that it almost gives you that same enjoyment of palating the whiskey. Yeah. I just took a sip and I'd say a lot more, I'd say a lot more gingery.
1: Mm, yeah. I would agree with you there peppery and that like that nuttiness that you mentioned before that i i I was i was trusting you and assuming it was there but wasn't really picking up picking up a little bit stronger now i'd call it a really savory nut again i don't know what i'd what kind of Mm. nut i would equate it to yeah maybe like a walnut or an almond even a pecan maybe
0: man it's one of those where it's just that little bit of water has just almost activated those spices
1: yeah
0: oh yeah i really enjoy that it's like yeah it's a lot more spiced now
1: the saltiness and the citrusy notes are still there, but just not as
0: large as they were before. Yeah, they've kind of just moved out of the way and they've highlighted some of the other ones. Yeah, they've highlighted the spice and they've let the spice go and they've kind of said, look, it's your turn now. We've had our turn. We've had our time in the limelight.
1: Here, here you go. I mean, like that's, that's crazy how much it's changed just with like a little bit of water. Man, love to see those kind of interactions.
0: And I'd say, like, even underlying, I'm finding almost a creamy kind of characteristic. Okay. Yeah, I get that.
1: And I was trying to think of a way to describe the change in mouthfeel, because I think that perfectly underlines it. Like, before, where it was a lot more of a juicier mouthfeel, like, you you get, like, that burst of juice, so it's very liquidy, and it kind of, like, seeps in. Yeah. It's creamier, so it's, like... Coating slightly, but not in the same kind of oily way that we'd describe an oily mouthfeel. So, they yep. very cre- Yeah, creamy. That's a good one.
0: I mean, I'm savoring like every last drop in the glass. <laughs> but yeah, that addition of water here is so... I oh, mean, it's so enjoyable. Yeah. At how much... At one, how much it changed it. And two, just... Man, just how unique this bottle is. Because you think, like, we've never really experienced a bottle at this price point before. No.
1: Right. I think it'll be a long while before we do. Yeah. (laughs) A different one, yeah.
0: But still, like, man, so good. So good. Oh, man. Uh, Even before we finish these drams here and give you the ratings, I mean, let's do a, I guess, uh, I'd say a more... Expensive than normal whiskey wish list. I wouldn't say expensive, as though the same price point as the Open Twenty One. Yep. let's say just a price point n- just of two hundred to four hundred.
1: Yep, we'll just knock it up a notch from our original one, which I would say would be yeah. They're all less than two hundred dollars. Most of them sitting below the hundred mark.
0: Yeah. all right. So, yeah. So two hundred to four hundred dollars. I'll start. All right. I've yep. got Octomore ten point one. Right, I've tried that pretty recently. Really, really enjoyed it. It's about time. <laughs> it's time. It's almost time. Um, the Mortlack Twenty. I'm um, really enjoying my bottle of the Wee Witchy. I think I really want to delve further into that. Mm-hmm. Then Johnny Walker Blue Label. Alright. I, I don't know. <laughs> I've kind of always wanted a bottle of Blue Label. Yeah, it's kind of. I don't know if that's just. I guess. A uh, popular culture or just... The
1: popularity like, of the brand itself. Yeah, the popularity
0: yeah. of the brand or how, I guess, it can almost be seen as a certain like, status symbol. I don't know. It's like, yeah. oh, you've got a bottle of Blue Label. It's like, oh, what Johnny Walker do you drink? Oh, I drink Blue Label. So, it's kind of like, yeah, I just kind of want a bottle of Blue Label.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Open still is an
1: Wouldn't be a Brad List if it didn't have open. Yeah, of course, <laughs> right?
0: It's... It's me here, guys. It's going to be open. (laughs) I'm going to find a way to To shoehorn that very tiny range into (laughs) every single list we do. And to finish that off, uh, the Glendronic 21 Parliament Edition. Mm. So I've always wanted a bottle of the Glendronic. And I mean, as Daniel mentioned before in a previous episode, we're still very, I guess, I guess we're still very sour. Is sour the right word? Yeah. Sour, the, salty. The <laughs> sal- yes, sour, salty. <laughs> Along those veins, we're still very, ah, uh, still reminiscing on that bottle of the Glendronic peated.
1: Yeah, the traditionally peated one that the whiskey club in Australia had as an add in. I missed getting that. I was added to the wait list and I didn't get it.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and didn't. it's haunted me ever since.
0: <laughs> yeah, don't worry, it's haunting me too. All right, Daniel, what about you? What's your wish list?
1: So, start off, same one, Octomore 10.1. Like, okay. We're peat heads. It's got to make an appearance on one of our lists, on both of our lists at some point.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I think
1: it's just like for one of the most peated whiskies out there, i got. I got to have my own bottle. Even if you have one, I'm like, I'm going to go out and get my one too. <laughs> then I've got um the Highland Park Mjolnir. So yeah. that's an addition that Highland Park created in conjunction with the restaurant that's located here in Sydney, as well as in Melbourne called Mjolnir, um, named after Thor's Hammer. So they kind of released a, they did a special release of that bottle for them. Keen to get that because...
0: Yeah, that, that bottle pretty much would have been on my list mm. as well. But I kind of figured, I mean, we brought the list together today. And then it's like, all right, we're starting our list and we are two for two. So, (laughs) I was like, I just got to find something else. You you get that one, I'll just mooch off you. (laughs) Yeah. like I'll just scrap that from my list. Yeah. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, um, we're going to share these bottles anyway. So, it doesn't really matter.
1: Yeah, exactly. Then I've got the Ardbeg Trevay. so Or Trey Barn, as we called it in one of our first
0: episodes. (laughs) Yeah. Or as it's affectionately known, Trey Barn.
1: (laughs) So... That one is 19-year-old Ardbeg, one of the oldest Ardbeg age statements they've put out. Aside yep. from, I think they did a 20 or 21-year-old release, but that was a committee yeah, release and was, no what, longer Ardbeg
0: available. 20-something. I think that's what, I think yeah. That was its name, I think.
1: But yeah, so for an old Ardbeg, I just heard really good things about this. Super keen to get into it.
0: Yeah, and I think they're on batch two now. So. Yeah. Yep.
1: Then the Glenallochie 18.
0: Oh, Glenallochie so- Made Making no surprise a, yeah. this
1: episode that Glenallachie is is a preferred Speyside distillery for me, and I think just loving their fifteen, would really like to see what the eighteen has to offer. And then I've got the Talisker Nase Point, so kind of one of the more expensive Taliskers. Before you jump up to their extremely high age statements of the thirty and forty, which are which are like way out of my price range, <laughs> but this one's sitting at I think just around that two hundred mark, so. I'd just love to. I'd love to see what Talisca has to offer in all its shapes
0: and sizes. I kinda get that. I've kind of, I've walked past Nace Point yep. one too many times and I've kind of just looked at it and it's like one day. <laughs> we are going to find out what secrets you hold. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It's uh it's almost sad that these dreams are about to finish, right? I've held off sipping it because I'm like, I don't want to finish it, but I know I need to. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's why I, I kind of just shoehorned like a mini segment into there just to prolong this dram. Oh, wow.
1: Like even just in that brief moment of us going through that, it's changed a lot. It's a lot more salty, a lot yeah. more peppery. Yep. Definitely mm. good- There's another flavor there I can't quite pin, but I'd say it's, it's, a, it's a spice.
0: Yeah. I've just finished my dram, as Daniel mentioned. A lot more salty, but I would say a lot more coastal. Yep. yeah The spices, again, they've kicked up another notch And it's just sat there in that glass For that extra, what, three, four minutes we went through that segment And the spices, now they're almost hitting you Like in your sinus almost Yeah, Yeah. and I would
1: say like that spice I'd I'd probably attribute it closer to a fennel
0: Okay The one that kind of like hits sharp and hard But not in an unpleasant way Yeah So, it's like it almost just hits and then it dissipates almost as quickly as it came. All right. All right. Daniel's finished his dram. I finished wine. So, you know what that means, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for a dram in words.
1: How are you going to
0: encapsulate the
1: Open 21 in words, Brad? It's
0: probably a bit hard, but like I want to say something to do it justice, right? Yep. Okay. I'd say I'm sitting on a highland cliffside overlooking the water. I mm-hmm. can see two eagles flying overhead and as I'm sitting there with Dram in hand, I realize this is where I'm meant to be.
1: Goddamn.
0: Yeah. That's, I think that kind of encapsulates, I guess, how much I love Oban. Yep. As a whiskey and as a scotch, I just can't get enough of it. I'm, I'm tearing up here. <laughs> what, what about you? What do you, what do you got?
1: So for me, what came to my mind is, have you seen The Count of Monte Cristo? No, I'm not. Okay. That's, like, my all-time favorite movie and okay, book. Yeah. But in my, like, drinking this dram, it was just such, like, a next-level experience that I think I understood how he felt. Like, after he secured his, like, next-level knowledge, next-level wealth, he's sitting in his mansion. He's got it made. And, like, the window's open. You're on, like, the French coast. And you're just loving life. I mean, like, you've, you've pulled off your revenge plot. It just you just
0: satisfied and content. Yeah, I think that's I think that's really what this dream was. Yeah, for us. So I think that what are we going into now?
1: Rating time.
0: Rating time. All right. Um. So should I start? Yes, you should. Don't make me go first. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. You can kind of tell. Daniel and I were gushing over this one. We, I guess. We couldn't have, and we didn't have any bad things to say. We, I guess we lauded the, lauded? Lauded? La- lauded? lauded? Yeah. Yeah. We lauded the complexity present in the dream, the ever changing nature of it in the yeah. glass. It's, it's a very special dream. And I think that's attributed to its limited nature. Mm -hmm. Um, Man, I could talk all day about this one, honestly. (laughs) I am going to give this my highest ever rating. Yep. It's going to be a 9.7. Oh, nice. I almost gave it a 9.8, but I don't know. I feel like there's something else out there that could be even better than this. Mm. But I'm going to say this is the best dram I've ever had in my whiskey journey thus far.
1: And yeah, no further ado, I will agree with you there. It's the best one I've had. Like as much as I love Talisker, as much as that Talisker 15 hits so well, this is just another level. Like, and then that comes with the price point. Yeah. Just, it it hits different. And I'm going to, I'm gonna give it a. I had I had in my mind a 9.6. I'm gonna stick with that and give it a 9.6.
0: <laughs> okay, so that's very close this time, as opposed to the nine and the eight. For yeah, the for Open, the right for the 14,
1: 14 that we originally rated. Yeah, it,
0: yeah. Uh, I'd say this was probably a more true to life rating for the Open 21. Yeah, man. I don't know. This is very good. I'm looking forward to the day that we sit down and drink this again. Yes. <laughs> I'm, already, I'm already counting down the <laughs> seconds for that. It's, it's all of 14 minus the smoke. Yeah. Dialed to 11. And 30. if you told
1: me 21-year-old Oban at a high price point, I'm like, go in expecting, like, just build up what you have experienced Oban at before. And it's like, okay, this is what I'd imagine next level Oban to be. And it did that, but then it's more and it's like and that comes with just like how it changes both in the glass on its own as well as once you've added the water to it
0: yeah oh man it's such a special dram it really is (laughs) yeah it really really is right down from the packaging to the beautiful beautiful liquid there itself
1: god damn (laughs) like dram talk's finest dram so far
0: (laughs) yeah it definitely is it's I think it's truly deserving of that
1: as well. Yeah, it really is. It's yeah,
0: just... I don't know. I'm, I'm eagerly waiting for the day that we find an a dream better than this.
1: <sighs> Will we have deep enough pockets? To yeah. that's, that's. I think mean, that's the question now.
0: <laughs> oh man, I don't know. Maybe we were. We come back to this one. Maybe it drops. I don't know. Yeah. But from what I've experienced. Two times now? Yeah. I, I I don't know. I don't know if I can see this dropping.
1: <laughs> it is it is it is a very special one and I think it's it's deserving of its position.
0: I don't know if it's because we both enjoyed the fourteen that when we've come to the twenty one, which as I mentioned is the fourteen Dart to Eleven. Yeah. It has maybe skewed our opinions to really, really, really enjoy this one. Mm. So I don't know, if you've been fortunate enough to try the Open 21, are you are you on the same wavelength as we are? Like, is it, th- is it this good?
1: We, th- we think it is. We just like yeah. verification from other parties, one who isn't a massive open lover <laughs> and one who isn't partial to those kind of
0: citrusy coastal drams. Yeah, I mean reach out uh, on Instagram at dramtalkpodcast.
1: Or you can email us at dramtalk.au at gmail.com. Um, we'd love to hear what you guys have to say, uh, both about and these bottles as well as any other notes on our previous episodes too.
0: Yeah, we'd love to bounce on ideas, go back and forth. It's all it's all welcome. And with that, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Thank you for listening. This has been Dream Talk.
0: Pour another dram.